Hey friend, welcome to my podcast, The Fit Soul. I'm your host, Amy Ramsey. In this podcast, we will be discussing soul-filled strategies to unleash your confidence, increase your energy, and all the things healthy lifestyle. If you're a Christian woman who is ready to reach your God-given potential, walk worthy of your calling with abundant joy and energy, girlfriend, you are in the right spot. I mean, you only have one life to live. You might as well maximize it. Buckle in and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Soul Podcast. Thank you for being here and joining me each week. And this week, I am so excited because I have a wonderful guest, a special guest. In fact, this guest is one of my favorite humans in the world. Actually, no, my favorite human in the world. (laughs) And he has been requested by many of you because you want to know more about him. You want to hear more about him. Y'all want to hear more about our story. And um, I finally said, honey, will you please, can we get you on my podcast? And so my special guest today is my husband, Randy Ramsey. Randy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) He's kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek because I don't know that he's really that happy to be here. But I think he's, you know, it's interesting. He's a um, podcast virgin, and (laughs) he just turned feet red. I don't (laughs) Hang on. Did you just say I don't know that? <laughs> Have you been on a podcast I don't know about? No. Okay. <laughs> so I do know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, I've asked Randy to be on the podcast today and to share. We're going to come back on future episodes with our story and I'm just going to, he's going to be a regular on the podcast because he's got a lot of wisdom to offer and you guys have asked to hear more of him. And the story I wanted him to share today, our topic of conversation is love, life and lessons along the way, really uh, on, I'll share just a tiny tidbit, a little tiny backstory about Randy and I, how we met each other. I was 39, he was 49. And I was in a situation I had deemed myself in my my nunnery, which a nunnery is a self-imposed place where you don't date anybody. I've had a couple of people, Randy, I've shared that story where they're like, wow, you went to a nunnery? Like, no, I didn't go to a nunnery. I don't even know what that means. But I was just coming out of a place of my quote unquote nunnery. I had a dear friend who I had, who said, I have somebody I want you to meet. And I was like, yeah, no, nope, 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 nope. I was, cause I was still in my nunnery. And this dear friend also went to Randy after she had met me and said, I have a a lady, a friend that you have to meet. And what did you say? I don't think so. Not right now. (laughs) We were both like, and no thanks. But several months later, 
I was starting to feel like, okay, it's time for you to come out of this little incubation. You've self-imposed nunnery you've put yourself in, and apparently you were curious about meeting whoever it was that Lindsay wanted you to meet. And so we went on a blind date for lunch. We met for lunch on a blind date. And you'll have to come back for a different podcast to hear the story because it was a very interesting, super interesting um, story. But on our way out, he walked me to my car and was a complete gentleman, which was is, I would imagine, even more so now, um, a rarity in this world. I had a broken ankle, leg, foot. No, foot, foot, foot. Foot. I don't even remember what I had. Okay, I had a broken foot, and apparently I was walking with my crutches on the wrong way. I didn't even know how to use my crutches, and I really didn't even use my crutches because I was a terrible patient, and he was trying to help me with that. He walked me to my (laughs) minivan. sexy little car. He walked me to my minivan and in front of me said, I would like to get to know you better. Can I take you on it to dinner tonight? And I was like, oh my gosh, that took so much, I would think courage, but. No, it's just how it is. (laughs) It's just how it is. A lot of men don't do that. And anyway, we went to dinner that night. I met him at a restaurant and he, he shared this story we're about to uh, share now, and I was captivated. I was just enamored with his story. I wanted to know more. I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Just his story of where he started, um, a little bit about his childhood, and his story of how he kept going, how he listened to different mentors and men in his life, and um, how he ended up where he is now in his career, but his journey along the way to me was fantastic. So, first of all, hey, honey, thanks for being here. Glad you're here. You bet, sweetie. I wouldn't be anywhere else on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> if y'all could see him rolling his eyes. So, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, we really have to do it. And he goes, but I want to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, we're going to record that podcast first. So... <laughs> So let's just jump right into your story, and let's start with where you grew up. What was that like when you were a boy? I grew up in small town Mississippi, in North Mississippi, in my grandparents' house. Um, uh, They taught me to work hard, to strive for excellence, and um, to look forward to a future. So explain to our listeners, what, what does small town Mississippi mean? I know what that means. You know what that means. But some people may not have an idea of what a small rural town in northern Mississippi is like. I grew up in a town of about, I think, 8,000 people at the time. My grandfather, who raised me, was the postmaster and deacon emeritus of the First Baptist Church, so everybody knew him, and he knew everybody. So just everyone knew everyone, like Mayberry. Like Mayberry. There you go. I like that. I like that. And you went to school there. You graduated high school there. And what were people doing after they graduated high school? Uh, Most people went to college that I grew up with. They went to college or went to work. I mean, some went to the military, but... Most were on some type of uh, academic 
path after high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you graduated high school, what were what was your thought as far as a career of what you wanted to do and what you'd like to be? Uh, what I wanted to do more than anything was teach high school biology and be a football coach and be the driver's ed teacher because you got the car <laughs> as part of that. So <laughs> that was my goal was to teach high school biology, to be a football coach and be the driver's ed instructor because that's what I knew. The men that influenced me uh, growing up were those men. They were the biology teacher, the history teacher, uh, the Sunday school teachers at church, who a lot of times were the same people, and then uh, the coaches. I love that. I I don't think I knew the driver's ed part of your story. (laughs) Okay, so you were going to go to school. You went to Mississippi State University, Hale State. You went to you went to school to be a a school teacher, yes. high school teacher. Yes. All right. So tell us about that little journey. Well, as part of becoming a teacher, you have to practice teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during your senior year of college, you select a place to practice teach, uh, so you can sit for your uh, teacher certification exam. And when my advisor called me in to ask about where I wanted to go practice teach, I told him that I would just go back to where I grew up and practice teach there. And he said, are you sure about that? And I said, yes. He said, are you sure about being a teacher? I said, yes, that's all I've ever wanted to be. And he said, well, I think you are going to be not happy doing that. And I said, why? He said, because in the public school system of anywhere in America, there's going to be a class of about 28 or 30 kids. He said, and only about four of them are going to be like you. And what he meant was, I asked him about it. He said, people that are driven and hardworking and desirous to excel. He said, so I think you're going to be frustrated in that situation He said, have you thought of doing anything else? And I said, no, not really. And he said, what do you think about going to medical school? I said, no. I said, I think that would take too many years, so I don't care anything about doing that. Okay, so I want to just pause there for just a second because as we were prepping for the podcast, we were both talking about our um, how teachers – and being school teachers is a calling, and it's a very high calling. And the gratitude that we both feel for the men and women that dedicate their lives to um, educating our children. My both of my grandparents were school teachers, and it's just—I think it's a high calling. Randy thinks it's a high. I calling. I think it's a very high calling. It's a very high calling. So it's not to diminish the fact of teaching school is beneath anyone. It is a very high calling. I think the point here is that the thing that drew me to his story from that first date that we had was how he kept pursuing what God had for him for his life and what was the best use of his gifts and skills and talents and abilities and um, how other people saw different things in him and kind of called him forward, forth, and they saw what was special inside of him, and at the same time, you listened. Yes, I did listen. 
that conversation with my advisor at Mississippi State, uh, even though I wasn't very keen on going to medical school at the time, he gave me other options, and one of them was physical therapy. And I said, I might could do that because it was a shorter path to getting out, getting a job. So I switched gears. I stayed at Mississippi State an extra year to complete the degree requirements, or I guess the prerequisite requirements for physical therapy school. And I applied to physical therapy school. Uh, in the meantime, I got my degree because I didn't know if I was going to physical therapy school. I interviewed for jobs. I interviewed for jobs as a pharmaceutical salesman and an agricultural, I guess it'd be agricultural biologic salesman. Now it was a fertilizer salesman back then. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you a question real quick. What year were you in? Uh, You were about to become a teacher. So were you a senior already? Yes. Okay. So you were in your senior year getting close to last semester, getting close to graduating. And someone said, Hey, I I don't, I think you're going to be frustrated doing that. I don't feel like you're going to love that. And you at that point chose a different career path, which added on to your time in school. Yes. Okay. What was your family saying at this point? Uh, When I was waiting to hear about admission into physical therapy school, I actually got the job as a fertilizer salesman, <laughs> and I went home and told my grandfather, I remember standing in the driveway um, talking about it, and he says, I can't understand why you would want to continue in school. He said, you're the first person in our family to have graduated college. He said, and it sounds like a really good job to me. He said, you have a nice salary. He said, they give you a car. To drive, he said, "You have a benefit package." It sounds like everything anybody would want, and I just told him, "I said I don't think that's what I want to do." I said, "I'm going to wait to hear from physical therapy school, and then decide." Okay, so I love that you, I guess, listen to your intuition, and even though that was successful from the eyes of the person that you admired most in life, your grandfather, and had such great admiration and respect and love for it. And it was successful, highly successful, but your intuition said, "Mm, no, I think there's more. And I don't even know what that means because you didn't have a frame of reference for what is more. No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Someone did teach me along the way that you should strive for uh, the best you can be. If your goal, uh, if you wanted to say, I'm going to be an astronaut, there's a path to get there. And if you don't get there, you can always fall back onto something else. If you said, I want to be a UPS delivery man, and you follow that, then you can't always shift back to be an astronaut. So choose whatever the most aspirational thing is. And uh, work towards that. And you can always fall back on something else. I don't remember who told me that, but it was somebody early on in college told me that. Yeah. One of the things that I remembered that night as we were sitting at Table 100, for those of you that are local, there's a little local restaurant here called Table 100. And that night was such a sweet night. It was our first date by ourselves. We went on a blind date with a friend. It was our first date by ourselves. And... We'd sat and talked the entire night, and 
<laughs> All of a sudden, we looked up and the restaurant was empty, and I think they were closing it down. It's 11 o'clock, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So the more I listened to his story and listened to how he took note of what people were saying and he listened. And I think that's such a rare quality in this life to, I mean, that takes a level of humility to listen to wisdom. And it's such a scriptural thing too. You hear Proverbs talks uh, over and over again about um, listening to the wisdom, listening to uh, wisdom and, and godly counsel. And I feel like that's what you were doing in, in this path that you've had. Okay. So you go to school to be a teacher, to be a coach, to be a driver's head, to be a driver's head teacher. I don't know. Uh, driver's head instructor. Instructor. Excuse me. I still think I'm certified. Oh, are you? As a driver's head instructor in the state of Mississippi. Are you serious? I think That's so. a lifelong thing. I think you get it once and you've got it. I don't know. That's, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Back to the story. <laughs> so... College, now you're going to be a physical therapist and you've declined a job as a fertilizer salesperson that had all the benefits in the world. Yes. Family's not understanding that. And okay, so let's pick up the story there. You're in physical therapy school and what? I went to physical therapy school. I got a second bachelor's degree in physical therapy. I went out and started practicing physical therapy in Midland, Texas. Mm hmm. Um, I used to live in Midland, Texas, too. I know that. I'm, I where, know. Where, I'm telling them, not you. Where the little girl fell in the well. That's Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Jessica. Baby Jessica, that's right. Fell in the well. In oh, the my gosh. In the mid-80s, long time ago. Long time ago. Um, but after being there for a while, I moved back to Mississippi. Did we live there at the same time? I don't think so. I was in the fourth grade. So I'd have been around 10, 11. What year, though? I don't do years, Randy. That's way too much math. That would be like 84, 85. I was, yeah, probably. So 88 for me. Oh, yeah, no, okay, we weren't there at the same time. Okay. But I still had a desire to teach. So moved from Midland, Texas to Hattiesburg, uh, went back to school at University of Southern Mississippi, working on a, a Ph.D. in exercise physiology so I could be a professor in college in addition to all the other things I was doing. I got my master's degree and presented some research at a meeting, and a guy came up to me from Auburn University and said, we're really, really interested in the research you're presenting. Would you consider transferring to Auburn to finish out your doctoral work? And they had just opened the uh, Olympic Weight Training Research Center there at Auburn, which was a great interest of mine, weight training research. And so I said, sure, what do I need to do? And this guy from Auburn said, you need to get letters of recommendation. You need to get your transcripts. And way back then, you didn't have the Internet. You had to go and <laughs> sit down and speak to people, and you had to fill out forms and mail it through the U.S. mail. And so the last person I sat down to get a letter of recommendation from was my advisor at Southern Mississippi, Dr. Frank Servideo. And he said, I will do this. He said, but have you ever considered going to medical school? Have you ever thought about that? I said, no, but someone mentioned it years ago. And I said, I didn't want to do that then. 
I said, why do you think I should do that instead of going on with my career plan now? He said, what is your career plan? I said, I'm going to go to Auburn. I said, I've got basically three semesters to two years. I'll have my Ph.D. I said, I'll be a college professor, which is what I've always wanted to do is teach. I said, I'll have a physical therapy business on the side. I said, and I'll be fine. He said, would you consider going to medical school? And I said, why? Why do you keep bringing that up? And he said, I have taught college at Ohio State University, State University of New York, Sunnybrook, and here at Southern Miss. He said, and every now and then, I see a young person that has something that no one else has, and you're that person. I said, well, that's all well and good. I said, but if you just write my letter and let me go to Auburn, I said, I think I'll be happy. He said, I really think you should consider medical school. And he gave me a long list of reasons. And So hang on, I've got to... Uh, let me let me interrupt real quick. This is the second time somebody that has been in a, your official uh, university advisor. Mm-hmm. advisor said, "Have you considered medical school?" Yes. The first time you had you had never considered medical school, and then the second time you're like, "But <laughs> I've been in school. How many years have you been in school at this point?" Mm. I think nine. I was 27, about to turn 28, I think. Okay, so to provide some context to this, he has been in school since he was 18 years old in um, higher education. Yes. He, he has uh, been on this interesting path and ambitious path as well. He's ready to finish. He's ready to be done. He's ready to move forward in his life. And he hears this again. So just imagine that. Think about that being you. And somebody else, again, sees something very special and calls out something very special in him. And so this time you pay attention more. And you're still not interested, but you ask a few more questions, which I find really interesting. I did. I mean, I trusted this man. And... um He gave me other reasons, some that were financial and things like that that would make sense to most people. Uh, I don't think at that time I cared anything about that. But I just said, that's all well and good, Dr. Video. I said, do you have anything else, any other reason? He said, yes. You don't want to wake up when you're 40 and wonder what if you had. And I, that piqued my interest. And I said, how do you know that? He said, Randy... He said, I'm 43, and I wake up every day, and I wonder, what if? Mm-hmm. So I walked out of his office. I said, thank you. Still write my letter to Auburn. Walked out of his office down to the secretary of the department's office. And I said, Dr. Video thinks I should go to medical school. I said, can you call up to the University of Mississippi Medical Center here in Jackson and find out how I get in? And I think her name was Susan, and she did. That was December of a year and the next August, I was in medical school. <laughs> Never really expected it, I don't think. But So you were 28 or 29 when you started medical school? I think I was 28. 28. Yeah, your birthday's in November. Yeah. 29, yeah. I can't remember the exact dates, but I was one of the older ones. There were some other older ones. 
You're like the granddaddy in medical school. No, there was a granddaddy who was in his 40s. Oh, okay. No, it really was one. (laughs) Wasn't me. Yeah. (laughs) I was the older brother. The The, the older brother. So I love this story because at age 28, you committed to a path that was not four years long, but how long was it? So let's just finish the story. For those of you who don't know, he continued on to medical school, and then where, where did you go from there? Uh, four years of medical school at University of Mississippi, five years of orthopedic residency at University of Arkansas, then another year plus of post-residency fellowship in sports medicine and shoulder surgery in Nashville and in Princeton. So all of that added together is 10 plus more years. At age 28... He committed to a path that was going to be 10 more years, so he would be dang near 40. 38. 38, dang near 40. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Old fart. (laughs) But I love that story that you listen to people along the way. And what was it when Dr. Servideo and the other advisor said, hey, what about this? What about this? What were you feeling inside to at least listen and take the next step forward because of what they said? I think I didn't want to settle for the path I was on, that there was something else that where I grew up, there wasn't physical therapists. There were two doctors in town. And, you know, I just, I wasn't privy to any of that. Growing up, I mean, I knew what I knew uh, with the men that were my grandfather's life, uh, what they did, uh, the people at church, the people at school that mentored me through school, but I didn't know a whole lot. And as I kept growing and maturing, I paid attention to what else was available in the world. I love it. So, I love it. I think God put those men in my life to point me in a different direction that I wouldn't have gone in otherwise. I love it. I love it. Now, I remember you saying that exact thing on that first date that we were in. I just love this story. I absolutely love this story. And anybody you tell it to... Okay, so you know how when you are as a couple and you go out with a new couple or there's a group of people and you're kind of getting to know each other? <laughs> I always put him on the spot, not in a bad way. I'm like, Randy! Tell your story. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and he just stuck his tongue out like, oh, my gosh, really? Because it is putting me on my spot because I'm such an introvert. I know. I don't share things freely, especially with people I don't know or new people. Well, you did with me on that first date. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, I was I, a new people. And... I think there was something special about that. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I know now. <laughs> but at the time... <clears throat> I thought there was something special. Oh, that's so sweet. Give me a kissy. That's so sweet. Thank you for taking this time on this. Um, on It'll be live on Tuesday, but on this Sunday afternoon out of your hectic and busy schedule. And by the way, so just in case y'all don't know, um, we're grandparents now. We're grandparents now. We went up and saw the grandbaby this weekend, and oh my gosh, his... He's beautiful. His name is Ramsey. He's beautiful. He's perfect. He's wonderful. Scrump Um, Okay, so 
the reason why I wanted to share your story and I, I would love to hear your takeaways from listening to this story is it's never too late. And so if you're listening to the story and you're thinking, but wait, I'm already 40 or wait, I'm already 50 or wait, I'm already 60. Randy, what would you say to someone in a transition in life? And maybe they're thinking they're just, they're just too old to uh, start, course a new path, start something new in their lives. What would you say to that? I think if you find yourself longing for something different than you're doing and you feel called in a different direction, I think you owe it to yourself to explore that. Um, I read something many years ago, probably 20 years ago now, and it's a book by John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. And the premise of it was that don't don't ask the world what it needs you to do. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go and do that because that's what the world needs more people that have come alive. Oh. And yes. I, I just would encourage people that if you feel stuck or you, if you feel that there's something lacking, explore those areas that make you feel alive and go and do that if you can. Everybody can't. I mean, especially if you're 40 or 50 or 60 like I am now, you may be in a place where you can't give everything up and go do that. But... You should explore that. I mean, I think God has that for you. He created you, uniquely you, and he knows the desires of your heart. He placed those there. And to seek those and to seek to please God by following through with how he's created you, I think that's what you should do. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm kind of smiling from ear to ear because... That sounds a lot like a program that I offer called Walk Worthy. I know it does to you. This wasn't meant to be a segue into you <laughs> selling your program. It just, it was, it's how I feel about it. I didn't know that you were going to. Yeah. So, no, this is not about me selling a program, but part of what we do in Walk Worthy is, um, learn how, I call it how, how, how great you are. <laughs> and great is an acronym for understanding what are your gifts, your spiritual gifts, understanding your radiant personality. When you really dive into, I am a child of God. God created me. I'm handcrafted from heaven. It's a beautiful thing. And to understand that, that because of that, you're needed and necessary here on this earth. Your E is for experiences, both good and bad. Um, how, where you were brought up, how you were raised, all of these things matter. They make you who you are. The, the hard stuff in life that you've endured, the wonderful things, maybe the accomplishments that you've had. And then A are your abilities and T are your talents. Like when you really start to take all of that into, um, account, it really does help you go, okay, when I take how quote unquote great I am, how I'm created, how I'm uniquely and wonderfully created, God's got a plan and a purpose for me. Um, it, it becomes clearer the path. Your purpose isn't supposed to be 
and this elusive, oh my gosh, I've either got to be on my purpose or I'm not pleasing God. Your purpose is more about a discovery and uncovering of how you're created, your design, and, and, and learning to optimize that at every level and pursue um, a, a righteous and holy life for the Lord and to live on purpose for His purpose, for His kingdom's sake. So if you would like to, if you're a woman, now I don't, I don't take men in that course. So sorry, Randy, you can't join. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't nice. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But if you're a lady and you're like, oh, my gosh, I want that encouragement, check out the show notes here, and you can learn how you join that. But I want to say a very special thank you to my wonderful husband. And I would say, hey, yeah, usually at this point, Randy, I'm like, oh, you can go follow them at such and such place on the the interwebs or the internet, or here's their website or Instagram. Y'all, he is old school. He doesn't even have a Facebook app on his phone. (laughs) He just, he doesn't have an Instagram account. And many of you have said, oh, I wish Randy had one because when I put him on my stories. I have a tweeter. He don't have a tweeter? (laughs) That sounds inappropriate. (laughs) We don't call it that. Oh, my gosh. Should we edit that out? (laughs) Well, anyway, that was, okay. (laughs) He doesn't have a, a Twitter account. He doesn't have an Instagram account. And he is on Facebook like once a month. He might get an email about something that I post. So how do why do he get emails? Anyway, he gets an email and he's like, oh, I got an email about you posted such and such. And I go and like it. That's about it. <laughs> I, go, I never post anything. I've never posted anything no, on Facebook. No, he's not, he's not a poster. But um, I'll answer your phone call. Yeah. He, now, listen, he's old school. Listen, he doesn't have Venmo. He doesn't have a Venmo or a PayPal account. He has to say, hey, Amy, can you send such and such to so-and-so? He's just old school, and I love it. But if you ever need somebody, he'll answer that phone very quickly. Old school. So I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're so very welcome. On the podcast. And we're going to bring you back very soon. I'd love to talk some aging powerfully, um, aging with strength, and just bring some health aspects into the podcast as well, utilizing your expertise. Would you be a guest again? I think I would. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks. You're so very kindly welcome. I'm so kindly welcome. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in today. We um, appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with somebody. All right, we'll see you next time. Okay, he just said love, peace, and hair grease. Hang on. Okay, just stop. He did He did this stupid... Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. We, we thought we were signing out. He did... Okay, it's... He touch put his... Heart. Touch your heart. Give the peace sign. Uh-huh. Hand through the hair. Hand through the hair because what does that mean? Go ahead and explain it. And then Love, we'll sign peace, hair grease. <laughs> Where did you get that from? From Survivor. Okay, so he says this all the time. Love, peace, hair grease. All right, anyway. All right, folks, we're out. Don't forget, I've got a new podcast that has started on Friday's very short little episode about um, faith, activating your faith. So be sure and check that out on Friday. And I will um, see you guys same place, same time next week. Bye. Girlfriend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so honored you come back every week and that you share the Fit Soul podcast with your friends and family. 
Every time you share my podcast on Instagram or Facebook, I do a little happy dance. Make sure you subscribe to the Fit Soul Podcast where you'll never miss an episode. You can go to podcast, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode release. And just know, I truly love bringing you excellent content and great guests to provide you motivation and faith inspiration to help you walk worthy. And one of the ways you can help me is to go and leave the Fit Soul Podcast a review. If you have just a moment, would you please go over and leave a review for the Fit Soul Podcast? Thank you again. I love you. And here is your reminder. You are worthy. Until next time. Bye-bye.